Well, welcome. Good to see everybody that's here tonight and those that are tuned in on the, the net. Uh, hope you get a blessing from tonight. We did this morning, and we'll appreciate Brother David Wall being here and, and Brother Jim's absence right now. And uh, we're just thankful to have him filling in that position. So if you will, let's uh, uh, take our hymnals and turn to 424, and let's sing Heavenly Sunlight. We've sang a lot of old hymns today, and it's, it's, I saw a lot of people smiling and a lot of people singing today. And it was fun. It was fun. Uh, let's sing 424, Miss Pat. Once again, thank you for singing with us tonight, and uh, want to introduce Brother David Wall to, to you all, and have him come up and share what God's put on his heart. Brother David. We're going back to the book of Acts tonight, if that's okay with you. And something that I forgot this morning, I had a note, and it's another three-point outline that I intended to mention that I didn't. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Part of the wonder of the deliverance, the rescue, the salvation is three things. I'm delivered from the penalty of sin. I'm delivered from the power of sin. It doesn't mean I've done sin, but I've been delivered from it. If I just fall back on the grace and the resurrection power that works in me, that works in all of us, the same that raised Christ from the dead. And ultimately, when he really gets joy-filled, I'll be released and freed and delivered from the presence of sin. 
that's when I see Jesus face to face in all of his glory. So released, freed, delivered from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. Well, the, the, you look at Acts, and if you want to turn back, with, and I'll be in Acts chapter 1 momentarily, but I want to begin with a text that normally you may hear at a memorial service for someone. You may hear at the graveside when they're going to have the grave closing, the families finalizing that day and that activity for their loved one. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And you've heard it many, many times, I'm sure, beginning in verse 13. For if we believe that Jesus died, and we do, and rose again, and we do, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, which have died in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we send to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, shall not precede them. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Man, look at verse 18. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Nothing more comforting for the believer. Amen. And now we're going to the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. And some have called it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is, is throughout these 28 chapters. And uh, it's powerful at work as God directs his kingdom here upon earth. Uh, I like the sunshiny day today. Did everybody else... I don't. I didn't. I didn't meet anybody today. Was mad about the weather. Uh, uh, pr pretty good day for January the what twenty third to twenty twenty two. After the experience we've had thus far through uh, January, we we like the the cloudy days. But but then again, as Christians, maybe possibly we should rejoice more and get more excited and upbeat. When it's a cloudy day, because I don't know whether, whether you've heard the song. In, in in recent years, I haven't heard it in a while, but sometime in the last three or four or five years, and a few times I've heard the next cloud you see, maybe the cloud he's coming back on. So when it's cloudy, don't get all down in the dumps and you know moaning and groaning and whining and all that. As believers, it may be the best day we've ever experienced since our salvation with Jesus arise for his bride. So, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, I can't figure out whether I need my glasses or don't need my glasses, so I'll, I'll take them off again. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power and his own authority. But you shall receive power, authority, his authority, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. All at the same time, all the places we are his servants and witnesses. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Raptured, it's not in the Bible, but here it is, taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men, two angels, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Watch 
Watch those clouds. Look for that wonderful cloud when it's all going to close out and this uh, kingdom on earth will be gone. And we'll be gone if we're still here. And we'll be in the kingdom of God and his Christ forevermore. So, look up. I, I love the old passage in the Luke's Gospel, 21. Lift up your heads, your redemption draweth nigh. It's, it's close. It's closer than it's ever been. I'm older than I've ever been. And it's closer to the end than it's ever been. And God said it's going to happen. It, it will happen. It's, uh, it's as good as done. Uh, the old word proliptic means already but not yet. God said it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So consider the clouds, the, the, their significance. Uh, you, you look in the birth narratives of Jesus, there, there are some, some clouds and some heavenly scenery and, and singing and rejoicing. Uh, you go back to the Old Testament and God led his people through the cloud by day and the, and the fire by night. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. For our God is a consuming fire. I love the book of, of Hebrews. So clouds are beautiful if you think about it. You've got cumulus clouds and cirrus clouds. I don't know how many kinds of cloud, but uh, those folks that study that can do a, a lot of learning through just gazing upon the clouds. And we can learn some things also. Some folks recognize rain clouds. Some folks recognize snow clouds. And clouds having a tremendous impact on the temperature, whether it's colder or hotter or, or whatever. So, look up. Look up. The clouds are a wonder. And if you've, if you've ever flown up in those big jets four, five, six miles high, and you look down on those clouds, they look so fluffy and soft and enticing. You wish you could sleep on that for a little while. Of course, you better not jump out and try to lay down on it. You got it up there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I see it up there, too, if I'd look. Yeah. The, the clouds, the, the wonder of it all, how, 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 how soft they, they look, and enticing. The word of God says Jesus will return. He left on a cloud. He's going to come back on a cloud. God's word declares it. I believe it. And it's settled whether I believe it or not. You know the old ditty? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That, that ain't right. God said it. It's settled whether I believe it or whether you believe it or not. It's, that's going to happen. It's going to take place. So there's a cloud reserved, designed for Jesus to transport back to his bride. This same Jesus, which is taken up, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So watch the clouds. Look up on those cloudy days, anticipate, get excited. Jesus may be on his return. Don't get complacent. We talked about this morning about the dullness and our blade losing its sharpness. Don't, don't get complacent and down in the dumps when it's not sunny all the time. If we had our wishes, we'd want sunny days all the time. I remember, I don't know who did it, but there was a, a writer or poet or whatever in, in school. I remember the lines and what is so rare as a day in June. Anybody else remember that? I haven't found anybody. I must be the oldest fellow around this area because I've asked that a time or two in various places. Nobody else ever heard of it. I don't think I dreamed it. But uh, some, You remember, Judge? And what is so rare as a day in June? Yeah, beautiful days in June. So, anyway, watch the clouds. Look up on every instant. 
just keep anticipating. Remember the times that you've seen nothing but clear blue sky, clear blue sky, like noontime today, high noon today, the time we got out of here, the time you got out of lunch, the time you got home or whatever. But you know what? In an instant, there can be a cloud and a downpour or a windstorm. It can change so many times. You know, middle of the afternoon has been a, been a beautiful day. And you're working away outdoors, you're enjoying the, the day, and you look, and all of a sudden it's gotten dark. And before you can hardly get to where it's going to be dry, the rains come. So things change rather quickly in God's venue and under his control. Just, just anticipate. You singers may remember, I haven't heard it in a long, long time, but when I started pastoring in 1973, the, the youth choirs used it a lot. The song, Get All Excited. You, yeah, you were kids when I started pastoring at Rover, when we did those, uh, those Olympic days for youth in the association. Yeah, get all, anybody else remember Get All Excited? Oh, yeah, okay. Don't ever hear it anymore. I don't know. We need to do like Bill Gaither does. Some of the greatest hymns and productions they've had recording in recent years have been an old, old song that everybody's forgotten that he's brought back uh, and made it uh, famous once again. I'm sure it was famous early on also. So uh, just, just listen to the word of God as God sets the stage for his kingdom to come. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. Revelator, Revelation 1, 7. And the revelator John continued to write, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, upon the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Revelation 14, 14. The Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13, relates this part of God's message. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. So, rather famous long time ago when I grew up was the three R's in education, reading, writing, arithmetic. Drop the W off writing, arithmetic, and, or the A off arithmetic, and just the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. Well, I got the three R's tonight as we think about the clouds. Realization, reality, and reverberation. Big old uh, $10 word, I guess, if you want to put value on them. So, realization. You realize, you know, you recognize, you're, you're cognizant that Jesus actually rose from the dead. God's word tells us over and over. Jesus himself even foreshadowed it three times at the, uh, about uh, Matthew chapter 8 or 10, 9 or 10, and uh, Mark and Luke, all they foreshadow the coming of Je Jesus and it says, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be put to death, I'm going to be buried, I'm going to rise on the third day. Look at the, about verses 30, 31, 32, 33 at the, at the end of those uh, chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll see the foreshadowing of that taking place. And, and Jesus testifying to what's going to happen in his life as he's here as the God-man, as the man who is fully God and fully man also. So realization, he rose from the dead, but he ascended again to the right hand of the Father. And Acts tells us as, as Stephen's being stoned, he gets to see into heaven and sees Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father up there in glory. 
he's going to return and establish his kingdom, his full kingdom, at the command of the Father. And so with, with those kinds of things in mind, are there changes that need to be made in my life today, these coming days? Are there changes for all of us Christians that we need to be making? As we ask those questions this morning, what does God need to change about parts of my character trait that make me more like Jesus in these days as we await his return? Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, verses, the last part of verse 61 and verse 16. Jesus himself declares, Again, the high priest asked him and said to him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds. Clouds. Just, I should have put down the concordance. I have no idea unless I pull it down and look at But I can't imagine how many scores and maybe even hundreds of times that clouds are mentioned in the word of God. But realize our sinful condition. Realize our need for repentance and returning to God as his people, as Israel had to time and time again. And he's coming back. But even he doesn't know when he was here upon earth when the Father would send him back. So what's the, what's the best advice, the best instruction? Be ready. Be prepared. Be set. Be on go. You know the old game, be ready, set, go? A long time since we played like that, wasn't it? Jesus Christ is our only hope. That's what's evidence in God's word this morning. So realization, reality. The fact of the matter is this, every sin must be punished. Every sin has its consequences. And praise God, Jesus Christ took the condemnation, the separation, the punishment, the torture, the pain, everything on himself for the sins of the whole wide world. Unimaginable, but there's nothing like it when you experience the Father's forgiveness because of Jesus sacrificing himself, paying the debt I owe, paying it for me. We see, well, we, we receive the results of our sins, the consequences of our sins in, in our life, in our living life. Just, uh, we've met the enemy and, and he's us, as we said, this morning, remembering once again that the consequences are going to, even, even David, a man after God's own heart, uh, great king of Israel, foreshadowing the kingdom, the everlasting kingdom of Christ from the line of David. He sinned, and he sinned, and he sinned, and he suffered, and he suffered, and the consequences kind of waves through his family circle for the years and the generations to come. It's like throwing a rock into the water and seeing those ripples. The, it just, it touches. You know, John Donne, that famous, I guess, English poet said, no man is an island. You know, people will, will defend themselves from what they do. Well, I'm not hurting anybody else, but that's not true. In most every instance, I'd say, if not 100% of the time, there's at least somebody else that's going to be affected by how we live our lives around them and in contact with them and communion with them, touch with them. So reality is we are sinners, and God punishes sin. God loves the sinner and paid uh, the old song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it how? 
Why it snows? You see that beautiful snow? That's that uh, Sunday night and Monday morning. Uh, what the first weekend of January? I guess January the second and third or something like that. If I remember the dates, but beautiful, beautiful. Until we get out and mess it up. Fresh fallen snow, a newborn lamb, white as wool. Nothing in, any more beautiful. And it's so beautiful to see somebody come to the Lord Jesus Christ and realize that God has forgiven them of their sin and they're in the family of God. Jesus allowed himself to be separated from the Father. Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And for a time, God did not look upon on the Son because he became sin for me. But then to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was never nearer. The, the, the paradox of it all. And yet it's true because God worked things out for us to be redeemed and washed in the perfect blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The ultimate consequence, the ultimate suffering for sin is to be separated from the Father. Physical death because of, came because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Spiritual death because we sin. We're dead in our trespassing sins, the book of Ephesians says. We can be quickened. And then if we die physically while we're spiritually dead in trespassing sins, the horrible reality and consequence is that there is eternal death, forever separation from God the Father. And that's what we don't want to see happen to family and friends and acquaintances and people that we meet. We want people to be redeemed and come to the Father, be a part of his family. But Hebrews 9, 28 says it like this. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. If the Bible be true, no, no. It's if, not if, but since the Bible is true, Jesus is going to return for his disciples. And he, I, I refer to this passage moment, so let's turn back and read some of the context. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. Luke 21, 25, as Jesus speaks, and there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea, and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The longer we live, and the more we look into the Word of God, it seems the stage is set, and the conditions are almost fulfilled for God to send His Son back for His bride the church. And then verse 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Why? Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And again, there'll be nothing like it. I sometimes say to folks, I haven't figured out whether I want to be still here upon earth when Jesus comes back, or I want to already be in heaven and come back with it. But and I think it don't really make any difference, is it? It's going to be great, however that turns out. And I'm not a pan-millennialist, an amillennialist, a pre-millennialist, anything like those. I'm pro. I'm for it, however God wants to do it. I'm on the preparation. We are on the preparation committee to help our friends and neighbors and acquaintances and folks that we meet come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the answer. The, the Bible God's Word, the eternal truth of God, reveals to us 
much about the reality of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn. We're going to look at a couple of passages in Second Peter, chapter one and chapter three, and we're going to wind up here in point three in just a few minutes, a few moments. Second Peter, first of all, chapter one, verse sixteen. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Then turn to chapter 3, over a page or so, and pick up in verse 4. Chapter 3, verse 4. Where is the promise of his coming, folks were asking, and folks still probably ask that. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perditions of ungodly men. And we get all kind of warnings from political folks and scientists and that man's just going to destroy God's kingdom on earth. God don't need any help. When it's ready to be destroyed, God will handle it himself personally. We need to take care of what God has provided. We're stewards, not just of the resources, our, our paychecks and our incomes and those things, but the greater stewardship is the stewardship. We have the stewardship of the gospel, as he teaches. Uh, can't think of the reference right now, but... Uh, quote it most mornings while I'm walking tonight. I can't, uh, Every man according to prophecy in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, but with a, but, but with a hilarious heart, a, a cheerful heart. And the other passage, one I'm trying to remember, and uh, every man have this, has received these things, is a, is a, it says in essence that we are a steward of the gospel. It's our responsibility, as we've said this morning, to get the good news out to the human circles in which we live. Well, verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is what? It's long-suffering. He's patient to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Early in the ministry at, at Robert Baptist Church, a year or so into that passion, being called into God's service and, and uh, trying to prepare myself better with a little bit more education. I don't know if it was a testing time or the devil's attack, but there was a year or so there, several months. I just felt like I was in the bottom of a dry barrel, a dry well, and I, I was just hanging on and, and digging and digging and digging to try to find God's word to preach and the message that he wanted me to preach. And I, I remember distinctly one morning in the early hours I had just a brief dream that Jesus was coming back. And I got up on, and that was, I guess, a Friday night, a Saturday morning, and in those days, uh, my office was in our bedroom, a little fold-out card table, and I closed the bedroom door and scattered out my books there, and the kids thought all I could say was be quiet for, for, for a long time there. But I went to this text to preach the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So realization reverberation lastly wow uh, drums if they're really panicking will, will reverberate for a good long while won't they? Uh, a, a jet goes overhead 
five miles up. You can hear it for a long way. You can hear it coming. You can hear it going. Uh, the helicopters, you don't want to be very close on the parking lot. It's hard when a helicopter lifts off because it, it'll lift everything that gets in your eyes and face and clothes. And you have to be careful around that kind of power. Reverberation. We read this text first in Thessalonians 4.13. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. How? With a shout. With the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God. Verse 16. If you want to turn, we turn back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27. I found this early in the minute. It just astounded me. It was just so, so, I don't know what word to do, paradoxical. There's maybe some other words if I could remember that, that I'd use to describe it over time, but it just, it will grab you if we let it. Matthew 27, you got there? Verse 50. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He dismissed the spirit of life from himself. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain and two from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks did rent. They, the rocks even split apart. And the graves were opened. Hallelujah. And many bodies of the saints which slept were dead arose. Amen. There was a partial resurrection there when Jesus gave his life partial resurrection happened out in the cemeteries. When the graves were open. He'll do it again. Those graves of our loved ones, of ourselves, if we die before he returns, are going to open up. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Man, wouldn't that be exciting when the cemetery folks start walking back into the yards and down the streets and across the village and into the farm pastures. and Whoa. Now when the satyrian and they were there with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of Man. That, that passage, 53-54, just always helped, helped a, a magnetism for me to, to, to see that and to grapple with that and to realize and, and to anticipate, yeah, it's going to happen. He's going to do it again with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. In his resurrection, it occurred. His return will likewise return and complete all the plan of God for the salvation of man. The power of his glory, the power of his authority, of his person, the authority of his being reverberates, reverberates, bounces off everything throughout the whole of the universe, the cosmos, the total creation. No one's going to miss it. If you listen to the text, if you read along with me, the dead are going to hear it. That's a powerful voice when the dead can hear again. The alive and dead will all know of his coming. Nobody will miss it. And as God has promised, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to be here when the trump sounds and the cloud has appeared and Jesus is returning, places his feet on the mountains 
of the earth? Wouldn't you like to be able to look into glory? Oh, there's Gabriel. Look, he's picking up his trumpet. Watch, he's licking his lips. Trumpet players lick their lips, don't they? Huh? When Gabriel licks his lips, look out. Our Lord returns, and all will see Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And all will know and confess, yeah, he is Lord. We believers in this 21st century, he is Lord. And whether I allow him to be Lord in my daily life or not, he is Lord. The Father made the Son Lord. There's no disputing, no rebuttal. Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so with that, neither is there salvation in any other for there's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He spent time with his people then. He ascended back to glory. And he's promised just like he left, he'll come back riding the clouds for a great celebration. What else can I say? It doesn't get any gooder than that. That's the best of all. No English teachers here, I presume, maybe. I don't care if they are. <laughs> I would wish they were. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. All right. We have a, a hymn of invitation. I looked at the number and I forgot. It's number 275. I surrender all. You have a rededication, a prayer request, whatever. God's here. Two seventy five, I surrender all.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, for your blessings and for the sunshine. Uh, Lord, we just praise you for your power, your glory, and your promises, and the promises of you returning on the cloud. Lord, we thank you for Brother David and him sharing today and, and the things that you've given him. May it touch hearts, may it touch our hearts, and we take it into this week and be a light for you. Lord, I pray for those that have been mentioned today. Pray in a very special way you touch them and they feel our prayers in your presence. And go with us this week, Lord, and, and Lord, may we make you smile. We love you in Christ's name. Amen.